Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 28 of Shades of Brown. We're back after a week, uh, week's hiatus. Hiatus? How do you say that word? Um, Hi- hiatus, hiatus. Hiatus. Uh, Christian uh, was on vacation uh, to celebrate his birthday and whatnot. Uh, but we're back. Uh, we're going to start off with the first topic on the list is Microsoft is offering uh, financing through Microsoft Store for buying stuff like uh, surfaces and VR headsets and whatnot. So, Christian, uh, like this is this is not a, like this is not a new sort of thing. Like people have said this like the phone style of offering, but this has, Dell has been offering stuff like this for a long time. Well, well, it's different with Microsoft, right? Because if I believe correctly, if I'm reading this post right how Microsoft's doing the financing is, so it's a Surface Plus program is what it's called. There's a, you can buy it on a payment plan, runs over 24 months. And it seems like they're doing it like how Apple does their iPhone program, where after 18 months, if a new Surface device is out and you want to upgrade, you would just give them your um, existing device and the payment plan continues on for another 24 months. But you receive, you can just perpetually keep getting the latest and greatest Surface hardware, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. So this, the, the obviously the goal here is to get people buying uh, Surface hardware long term. Uh, it's long term retention is the goal here, and obviously having a financing scheme, uh, and which is essentially a loan, right? It is essentially you're renting the product. Like it's not a rent. Like it's you're buying the product, but you don't get to keep the product. So it's like. Uh, well, how it works is, um, well, how it works with Apple is that they go through a bank and then that bank essentially gives you a line of credit to cover the entire device. And then you're paying the bank, not Apple. Apple's already been paid in full by the bank. And then once the 18 months comes up, another line of, cre- of credit is established, right? And that perpetually keeps on going until you decide to pay off the device and stop uh, taking part in the program. So if you if you say if you if you if you sign up for the service program uh, and, you, and you get a service and you do the whole 24 month thing and then you decide you want to keep the service you have and don't want to upgrade, do you just stop? Yeah, you pay off the device. You just you, it's only it's only once you go to the store and you say, "Hey, I'm gonna give you my old device. Let me get their latest and greatest." Um, that they just reestablish that line again for another twenty four months. Right. Okay. So that that makes sense. So this is like zero percent interest, uh, right? So this is zero percent APR, as they call. It. Well, this is essentially like how phones work in the U.S. So right, it's you you paying like it's a part of your bill. It's like fifteen dollars per month rather than paying seven hundred dollars up front. Um, it's also how predatory, uh, furniture renting businesses work. Like the, you know, like those like rent furniture places where it's, they mark them up. I don't think these ones are as like sketchy as those, but that's definitely the same kind of business line, right? Or the same business plan. Yeah, it is, uh, it's a monthly payment plan. Uh, like uh, America's phone system is interesting. We have to talk about that someday. That doesn't exist here in Canada. It's different, a little bit different, but, uh, yeah, so it's it's essentially if you if you American buying a phone from a carrier, it's basically essentially the same thing. So it's understanding it is pretty simple and straightforward. So this is cool, uh, because Surface products are definitely not the cheapest things in the market. They're they're fairly expensive, uh, high end products. And and what this does especially is it um it allows for people who say, and there 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 might be a point of contention here for some of our listeners, right? Because definitely how everyone manages their finances is different. 
But if you say, for example, only have like a thousand dollars, but you really would like a MacBook Pro or a Surface Book with uh, with like a really great integrated GPU rate, this gives you the option to say, hey, pay that thousand and then just pay the rest of it for like that two thousand dollar computer on a monthly installment plan. And so it, it allows more people to get uh, higher spec computers easier but i mean at the same time you're also playing with credit and the such and uh it's it's a little tricky so the thing is uh stuff like this usually comes with the credit check uh and not all people like as you mentioned people who might not be able to afford it up front uh might pass or might not pass a credit check because these as you said these are usually done by a bank and bank usually require uh credit checks for any kind of loan uh, not just this, uh, but so you might if you if you can't get a credit check, you can't get this. Uh. Well, I mean, I have like firsthand experiences, right? Because the MacBook I'm using, I use Apple's um, own finance program for that. So how they do it, how they do it at the Apple Store is uh, it's a credit check. How they offer it though is zero APR for the first eighteen months. If you pay off the computer within eighteen months, they won't um, charge you any interest, and it's like a twenty dollar minimum payment for it. So. Uh, I would say, you know, um, this is interesting. It's a definitely an alternative payment method. Some people might prefer to pay it up front, but if you have the credit and you know you're going to have the means to consistently pay for it, why not, right? It helps build your credit and it, it helps you, you. You might be able to get a better machine today than you would if you're just paying up front. Yeah, it's it's all about uh, making the wise decision, thinking about it uh, long term and making a decision accordingly, obviously. Uh, moving on from, uh, well, not moving on. We have some additional news that came up with this. Uh, there's new Xbox uh, wireless controllers, Xbox One wireless controllers with uh, new designs and colors. Uh, and I like all of them. All of them are really nice. Uh, the the one I really like is the Patrol Tech uh, Special Edition. Uh, it, looks, it looks really nice. So the Volcano Shadow one is, is actually kind of cool. Someone at Microsoft is having a lot of fun with this, and I love it. I feel like there's like a team of like maybe five people and they're just like, they're just like, what weird controller can we make today? Right? Like someone at Microsoft like was like, you know what? Just here's like all, here's like a, they made a machine that was like, we can do whatever color we want. Right. But what dope stuff can we make today? Yeah, it's definitely, there's some very creative stuff uh, coming along. Uh, it's good. This is, I mean, this is controllers. This is not like, uh, like a major thing, but uh, I think people like different colored uh, controllers and whatnot. Well, it helps for like personalization and customization, right? Because besides this, you also have the Xbox One uh, controller maker thing. Oh yeah! So when are you getting your uh, Miku skin controller? Like you gotta have that. Um, the problem is, is that I'm in love with this Elite controller, right? And those ones they do not do custom ones of. Uh, for those who don't know, the Elite controller is a hundred fifty dollar modular controller that Microsoft sells. It's really costs way more than it should but you know if you're like a little inebriated one day and you accidentally buy it you're not gonna uh you're not gonna regret it because it's a really nice controller yeah fair enough uh, i mean i think it's a little bit excessive uh for a controller but i mean it's whatever like it's it's, it's a good controller i'm not judging it based on that but there's also an xbox wireless adapter for windows 10 um if you if you already use one that's the old one that is like a bigger and bulkier one the new one is uh like 66 percent smaller uh, the, the current one, uh, and it's it's gonna be. It's as big as like a regular thumb drive. Yeah, it is. It is like the current one is really quite on. Like it's quite big. You own one of the current ones, right? Yes, because my desktop 
uh, doesn't have Bluetooth uh, because... Well, even so, so I think it's only like the new Xbox One controllers, the latest ones support Bluetooth, right? Yeah, that too. Yeah, the one the one I when I bought as a bundle, so I bought a bundle with the dongle and the controller uh, was uh, like the the controller is one of the ones that don't have uh, the, the Bluetooth uh, support. So if I, if I needed Bluetooth support, I would have to get like a Bluetooth card for my desktop and uh, a new controller. So I uh, just use the dongle. But yeah, so this dongle is smaller, and it's uh, twenty four nine nine uh, US dollars. All right. Then also, there's the uh, we spoke about it a while back when we were talking about uh, build this year. They were uh, it's the mixed reality headsets. So these are they're technically VR headsets because I don't believe they have passed through through them. Microsoft just calls all their VR and AR stuff mixed reality. So is that Asus headset or Acer was it? It was Acer and. And the HP headset are now available to, for sale for developers to play around with. This is interesting because it's two ninety nine for Acer's headset and three twenty nine, and that's all you need, right? Um, apparently, well, actually, I'm checking the page right now, and it is saying that a NVIDIA GTX nine eighty or ten sixty is a recommended spec, but at build. They said Intel HD six twenty was uh, the minimum spec. Yeah, so I'm not sure about this because. Uh... GTX 980 or 160 are definitely not low. like the 980 is definitely not a low end card. It's 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 like a would consider a high a high end uh, high end card. Like 980 is a high end card. One 160 is like a mid range card. So yeah, those are not like cheap things. Uh, so if you you need a PC with with those uh, already in, uh, I mean yeah, that's that's far from what uh, the the Intel integrated. Uh, six twenty, and I and I know you know what like I don't think it's like maybe they they overpromised. Honestly, I don't know if they were lying. Maybe they had a hope that they would be able to optimize it for that level, but it's just it's just not possible this time. It's just you need you need better GPU at this point, uh, for first gen VR. And what this is this is basically what first this is a first gen uh, VR product. I think maybe with um optimization they might get down there. I don't know. I, why would they promise then that it was going to be a because they said it build, it was going to work on that low of a spec, right? I maybe they're like going to start shipping headsets that have the um HoloLens processor in it, right? Because I remember there's a report a while back that they're working on a Gen two of the HPU unit. It's like a custom processor just for doing um AR stuff and uh, like room tracking and all that. So maybe like if they start giving OEMs access to that and headsets start shipping with that, then maybe if you're offloading most of it to the processor on the headset itself. The GPU can be freed up on the actual computer to not work as hard. Yeah, that's that's definitely one way to do it. Like you'd you'd offload some of the processing uh, after the unit itself. We'll see. Yeah. Obviously, this unit is not quite ready yet. Uh, I mean, for that, uh, or maybe if it is, then maybe the software is not there yet. Like whatever they're using to optimize or or offload uh, is is not working. Uh, so they're just shipping the device ahead of schedule, just hoping to patch it in later. But uh, that that's how it is. Uh, it's two ninety nine, three nine. It's still not a bad price to start. Like it's all, like it it being cheap and it also requiring an expensive GPU. I mean, it's a disappointment, but it's still also a very good uh, price point to get started if you already, especially if you already have a GPU uh, available of that caliber. So yeah. Uh, moving on from Microsoft news, uh, we have some we have some leaks. Um, this is like leak season apparently because uh, all the products coming out in September and whatnot. Uh, this the Galaxy Note Eight uh, got leaked by Even Bless uh, as usual. 
and they still kept the fingerprint sensor in that horrible, horrible position. That's interesting. Why? Um, we'll have a link to a photo of this, uh, which you can find at uh, twoshadesofbrown.com. That back panel, right? So essentially the back of the device is all one color, so if it was gold, it'd be gold. And then there's like a rectangle cut out for the two cameras, the flash, um, the heart rate sensor, and the fingerprint sensor. And that just looks weird because they're all vertically aligned. It looks like it looks like one of those like lunch trays from back in elementary school that had like eyes and stuff on it to look cutesy, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting like like I I don't especially I don't know if the fingerprint sensor thing was like like the, by the time people got like they got feedback about the problem like the Note Eight thing uh, and the, like this sorry the S Eight fingerprint like people putting their finger on the camera lens uh, instead of the fingerprint sensor. Uh, they had already designed the Note 8 and finalized the design and whatnot. But this, the review reviews are going to be plastic. If this is actually the design, if the leaks are true, and they probably are uh, at this point, uh, it's, it, it's... Yeah, I just feel like, though, right, where the fingerprint sensor is at, where you put, like, your, your jug of milk and then right next to it, like, your, your side, and then on the camera lens is where you put, like, your entree of mac and cheese or whatever. I don't know. I just keep thinking lunch tray when I look at this. <laughs> I don't know why. But um, besides that, it has what you'd expect, the edge-to-edge screen, the super minimal top and bottom bezels, the curved screen, um, stylus with a really gross Samsung logo on it. Basically, it's... It's like a more squarish and more rectangular version of the S8, which is fine, I guess. I don't. I mean, this thing's probably going to be just a spec powerhouse. Yeah, I mean the the uh, notes have always been targeted towards like the market that goes for the specs. I mean, it's like Samsung always shoves everything they can they possibly can uh, into the note stuff, and hopefully this time um, it won't explode. I mean. Uh, we all we all remember. Uh, a lot of people still do remember that uh, Note Seven was uh, was was problematic to say the least. Uh, a dangerous device. Well, there's a there's a Bixby button on it, so we know it's going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> oh yeah, the Bixby is a whole lot of dumpster fire. We have to talk about how big of a failure Bixby is uh, one of these days. I don't even want to talk about how big of a failure. Bixby. I'm just going to get upset and angry. Just like the, t- the TLDR of a podcast segment, which is never going to happen, is don't use Bixby. Um, Siri's great enough. Google's pretty good. Cortana, if you know if you don't like Google or Apple, use those. Uh, Alexa, if you know you uh, want to buy things, but not Bixby. Or if you're like me and you don't really think voice is quite there yet, just don't use any of them. Uh, just disable and don't buy any of that. But more importantly, too, why isn't that Bixby button a fingerprint sensor? Sony's did that on the Xperia line. They put the fingerprint sensor on the side of the device on the power button. I don't know why Samsung Samsung didn't do that. How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet Sony has a patent on that? Oh, it's Samsung. Oh, bet? come on. They fought Apple. Why wouldn't Samsung just fight Sony on that? Also, I mean, Samsung can be arrogant. I mean, they want their own. Like, yeah, like what's stopping Samsung from copying someone, really? I mean, they did it before, but uh, I guess these days they don't really want to do that anymore. They, they... they figured that lawsuit was uh, a little bit uh, too much for the test but yeah so that's that's samsung uh it'll come out you get reviews see if it explodes or not uh everybody's going to complain about the fingerprint sensor positioning and we'll move on uh move on to the next topic which is google starts testing chrome's 
uh, built-in ad blocker. I don't know if you've talked about this before on the show about this thing. Uh, I think we touched upon it. I don't think we had a. I don't think we we talked about how it was implemented. So, um, just in case if we didn't, I feel like we did. But uh, let me just sum up how, what's going on here. Google uh, leaked. Well, it leaked to the Wall Street Journal a while back that Google was going to introduce an ad blocker into Chrome to block what they considered intrusive and bad ads. These unacceptable ads are being determined by a group called the Coalition for Better Ads, which surprisingly enough includes Google, Facebook, News Corp, and the Washington Post. Um, News Corp owns Fox News and some other fun right-wing media outlets in America. So it's, I guess, you know, it has, you can't say that they're biased towards one company because it literally is like, if I was going to cherry pick Everyone from like each section section of like the aisle, I would pick Google, Facebook, News Corp, and the Washington Post because it's there's there's no like it's not biased towards one left or one right leaning uh sort of a publication or group, but uh it's in Canary right now, and so it'll probably it'll probably be stable in twelve weeks, twelve weeks. Because six weeks is each new Chrome version, right? Each new Chrome stable version rolls out every six weeks. So I want to say it's a canary, 12 to 18 weeks, just because of the lead time on it. It's not working right now, according to the Verge report. But just the fact that they're rolling this out is really interesting. Because essentially, I'm going to assume that all Google ads are going to make it through. All Facebook ads are going to make it through. What about Twitter, right? What about anyone who's running their own independent ad exchange? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of questions, uh, and this is this is not quite out yet, so... Questions remain questions until it, it actually is implemented in a stable version of Chrome where uh, it rolls out to billions of users uh, and we can actually see what it's actually doing. Uh, we wait till then to pass judgment, I think, but uh, there's definitely a lot of questions about impartiality and uh, how the, the, the coalition for better ads stuff is being handled and why not. Uh, so that's, that's Google News. Uh, moving on, uh, I'm going to talk about... Uh, Video games for a bit. Uh, we haven't talked about video games for a while. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the game I've been playing for a couple of weeks now. It was on sale for 50% off uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. And oh boy, uh, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm just exploring the world. It's, it's, the combat system is, is, is very smooth. Uh, I play as a biotic uh, character uh, who just like teleports and jumps everywhere. It's, it's, it's lovely. Uh, Ooh, you play as biotic. My my character path is on tech. I, that's where I've been investing most of my skills. Um, just also too for anyone who hasn't ever played Mass Effect before, Peter's Andromeda was my first Mass Effect game. I'm also playing through it. Um, there's like three. I don't want to say classes, but like three paths you can kind of level up your character through. Because once you reach a new level, you get skill points, right? So there's like three main places in which you can um apply those skills. Uh, combat, tech, and biotic, right? Mm-hmm. Combat would be more of like your hand-to-hand weapons handling, um, base health, base armor kind of stuff. Biotic is more of like the quote-unquote space magic kind of stuff. And tech would be more of like uh, mechanic and like... Uh, like you can have like drones and stuff that protect you. You can have like barriers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, like I was I was always been a fan of like... Uh, I've never played the other Mass Effect games, but... Uh, I've always like what I'm wa- watched of let's plays and whatnot. I've always been a fan of the biotic uh, style of combat. Like I don't like I don't want to play combat because that just feels like I'm playing a third person shooter and that's not very interesting to me. Uh, 
so I, I just use the space magic uh, uh, as biotics. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of mobility, you get to a lot of powers, you get a lot of effects, you can make enemies like just float around and whatnot, it's hilarious. Uh, and I'm also enjoying the characters a lot. There's a lot of lovely characters. Uh, Drac, uh, in particular, gets a special mention, a special shout-out. Uh, Drac is, is my favorite Corgan. He's the best. Uh, also, uh, who else? Wh- who are some of your favorite characters? Uh, uh, PB's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're actually dating, you know. It's been a very healthy relationship. Um, I'm... I'm happy. She, she, I assume, is happy. It's a game you never know. I could just be being lied to. Uh, like, let's let's talk about the romance stuff for a bit, uh, because as as it is about. Okay, okay, we have to. I need, I need, I need the top ten best butts in the game. <laughs> I'm not Laura K. Buzz. Just, just go, go ask Laura K. Buzz for that. But uh, I have, I haven't actually like, like seen them. Prop like the the butts part like it's has, I haven't gotten to that part yet. You know, you know, you have the PC version. You can just crack open that dot and I and I file, man. <laughs> just crack it open. <laughs> yeah, uh, like so, like uh, the romance options. Let's talk about them. So, uh, uh, if you play as uh, a female writer, uh, uh, your your options are. So what are your options? So you have PAB, you have Suvi, you have uh, you have Vetra. No, 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 uh, Vetra, have... Vetra, Vetra is straight. Is she? She never exactly says that out out loud. Like, she have you tried romancing her? I did, but she didn't like turn it down. She didn't. She didn't turn me down. Like she didn't stare it out to say like the the ones. That... Hold on, wait, wait, wait. So can are are. Are the character sexuality set in stone there, or does that change between each playthrough? No, no. I think it's set in stone, but I think you might have. I pushed too. I was remember. pushing really hard with the flirting thing, and Vetra was straight up like, In, "If you were a no, guy, no, Vetra, uh, Vetra was very apprehensive, and she's like really like very sh- like sort of like uh, very professional and whatnot." Like, so she, yeah, yeah, Vetra straight so, up t- shot me down. I, I, I no, can't no, get she didn't straight up. Sh- I got shot just, down by Vetra. She, 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 Hold on, she, she was really this. like. I'm googling this during no. the pod. Vetra. Okay, let, let me go on. Um, there's uh, Jal, uh, and I think that's it, right? I don't think there's. Uh, I don't think you can romance. Uh, I know there's like the just, Carlos or like the Hispanic guy who's in the back of the ship. He is gay. I know that. Yeah, he is gay. Yeah, you can't uh, romance him. Uh, okay, I have, I have an IGN page up right now. <laughs> so here's who the writer of course. Romance is. Vetra. Oh, Vetra's bisexual. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I was, I, Cora, I, I, Cora I, I, is who I was thinking about. Sorry. Yeah, Cora, you can't Cora romance Cora. Cora is straight. Yeah. Liam yeah. is straight. Jal yeah. is straight. Uh, PB is by. Is he? Wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Uh, Jal is is he like because you get the romance option, then he doesn't turn you Jal, down. Jal, it's this IGN guy. You know, IGN hashtag professional source is telling me he's straight. Uh, PB is by. Gil is homosexual. Suvi yeah. is also gay. Uh, Carrie is by. Uh, Avella is. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I don't even know who Avella is. I haven't gotten to the point where I've unlocked Avella, so I do not know if Avella is a, is Avella. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who Avella is. So uh, Avella has a male preference. I do not know if that character is male or not, or what gender they identify as. Uh, Reyes is bisexual, though. I don't think I've unlocked Reyes yet, but uh, Reyes, Reyes, you, where do you unlock Reyes at? Um, he's a smuggler working out of Kadara. Nope, I have not uh, been to Kadara yet. So how I've been playing the game, um. I've been only to the second world because I've just tried 100% each planet. So I haven't gotten super far in the main story yet. 
Yeah, same. I've been exploring uh, EOS. Like I've gotten into like uh, close to 100%, uh, what is it, uh, viability. Uh, I think you only get to like 90 something before you have to go to the next planet, right? Yeah, there's a certain, but I, I came back and did all the, uh, some of the missions and I'm, I'm doing more of the missions and the all of the, all of the, those little pods that come down, I'm trying to remember the name, but I can't remember. But yeah, so I've gotten into the second, I've gotten to Havaral, I've gotten to Vault, but I haven't really explored Vault yet. Uh, so that's that. Uh, and romance-wise, uh, Suvi uh, is where it's at. Uh, it's happening. It's going to happen soon. Uh, I suppose. Mm, uh, PB's still a better character. <laughs> you know, I respect you. I haven't actually romanced people. Like, I haven't, like, even attempted that path yet, really. I haven't really talked to PV even. That's, I've been that's flirting with everyone on my ship. Isn't that how I you're supposed to do it? it? Yeah, same, but I actually forgot about PV. Well, it's because PV's in a yeah. fucking escape pod. Like, I mean, to yeah, find her, you have to go... And she wanders yeah, around the gotta, ship. Like, it's, it, thirst trap in PV is a real challenge. You have to, like... <laughs> you gotta, like, run around the ship. And, like, she has, like, weird side quests and stuff. You're, like, building rocks and shit. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to bang. Yeah, PV is... But PV is down. Uh, she is down. She 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 She's very upfront about it uh, from the very beginning. Uh, very, very sex Yeah, definitely. You know? uh, that, that's, I respect that. I respect, that. respect, I respect that. Uh Yeah, so I've been enjoying it a lot. Uh, looking forward to the story. Like, the story is very intriguing. Uh, uh, the, the aliens, I'm not going to say anything about the story, but it's it's very intriguing. Uh, and definitely it's it's the game you want to play and it's good because they started a new galaxy so you don't have to like play the previous games to really sort of understand what's going on uh so uh, so that's that's good so i've been reading all the lore there's a lot of lore building like you know like notes and voice dialogue and uh interesting uh enemies dialogue and whatnot so uh, yeah i'm looking forward to finishing that game probably after like 100 hours probably so yeah that's uh that's andromeda you have anything to say about Andromeda? Anything more? Um, it's a good game. Uh, I, if you can get it on sale, maybe. I don't know if it's worth... I think right now it's like going brand new for 40 I was able to get it for 20 you know, on sale. Um, the multiplayer is kind of weak. I try and play it. It's still a little fun, but it's not really the main draw of it. And it's just... It's good to have like a space RPG where you can just run around and bang aliens. Yeah, and it's and it's just fun to like you know like do like the, like I like it's like I don't play RPGs often. The last one I played uh, and finished was The Witcher Three, uh, which was also very good. Uh, so, so I don't play them a lot, but when I do play them, I do get into them uh, for a long time. So I like I played The Witcher for a bit. Uh, so I'm gonna probably be playing Andromeda for the next couple months, maybe as as my schedule is different now so it's it's gonna be a bit uh, weird playing uh playing video games but uh that's that's my that's my game for the next couple months moving on from uh video games we're gonna talk about some culture some some important culture here uh tyler the creator's new album scumfuck flower boy uh christian this is all yours really like uh you're the big fan here scumfuck flower boy or also known as flower boy as i believe just so uh Spotify and Apple Music don't do any sort of like weird ranking stuff to it. The official title is Flower Boy, but if you buy the CD, um, all the uh, all the meta tags on the physicals are as Scumfuck Flower Boy. It is his fourth studio album. It is a very very interesting album, and not not for like because there's a little bit of a, a controversy related to some lyrics. We can talk about that later. I actually don't want to spend that much time on it because I don't think it's actually important in, as the whole context of the album because the album is not about 
that specific controversy. The album's about so much more. So it's essentially Tyler maturing into his own as an artist and as a person. There, his older music was was plagued by him using homophobic, sexist, transphobic slurs. Right? There is none of that in this album. There is very there is little amounts of rapping, like. Every time he raps, it is something important, it is thoughtful, and it is impactful, which is not something you've seen from a Tyler the Creator album before. He's had little hints and drops of it here and there, but you consistently are hit with bars that mean something in this album. The production as well is done entirely by Tyler himself, and it is outstanding. Um, I believe there's a couple sample-based stuff, like the first song, Samples Can, which is this uh, experimental band from the... 80s or 60s i believe i I gotta i was looking it up and i can't remember which one but besides that it's mostly done just by himself and it is just immaculate like the riffs are great the instrumentation is great the mixing is really good which has always been a problem which is played a tyler release is that like on um cherry bomb the mixing goes out was disgusting and it like the vocal the vocals were drowning in the drums it was just not great um but instead of going through all these tracks because there's just 14 um tell me static what were your favorites and why okay so let me uh uh my my favorite really uh that i got in my sort of favorites playlist um which means it gets a lot of regular play is uh i ain't got time Ooh, that one slaps um that is that one is the production like the beat on it is god it's 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 just so good and and the, the hook the the verses the chorus it's just I, just I just love the whole song it just sounds extremely good like was this one of the singles because i don't think it should have been one of the singles because this is no i ain't got time was not one of the singles ooh, it's, it's a single worthy track in my opinion it's it's, it's really really good uh and it, obviously as i mentioned the sample is also good and also i really like uh uh, Who That Boy? Uh, that was the single. Uh, I really liked that one. Uh, I also liked... Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I really like the forward, the track, the first track of the album. Forward uh, with the sample by Ken, which is uh, Tyler Sample Spoon, uh, Sonic Youth Remix, uh, remixed by American Noise alt-rock band Sonic Youth of the song Spoon by German crowd-rock band can uh in the 70s so in 1972 again album um uh, so yeah the, i really like the sort of like the uh the verses in uh in forward so those are those are my favorite sort of uh, tracks I, I like how he does with forward though i like and the first like verse I, I i'm pretty sure there's some sort of name for how, for doing this in english but he ends up flipping the end of the sentence to be the subject of the next one right so it's like he goes from car to drive to drive to road to road to land to land to ocean. And he's flipping that in a consistent way. And it's so... Holy sh... I, I didn't even notice... Oh, okay. You know what? Like, I didn't even notice that, like, until you just mentioned it. That is... I just... And I'm reading the lyrics and, oh my God, that's... that's, that's, that's fantastic. I love when uh, artists do small uh, tricks like that. Uh, it's, it's, it's very clever. Uh, yeah, he's doing it in the second verse too, right? Wraps the chain, the chain to slave, the slave to Nat Turner rising, to rising riots, to Black Lives Matter. It's really, it's it's a very clever uh, device here, and he used it so well. I think Kanye also used it on 
the last track of my beautiful dark and twisted fantasy the it was featuring bonnie Vare. it's one it was a track right before it went into who will survive in america um i'm pretty sure i think it's like a four crap a, a four line there's a name for this and yeah that is definitely a it is, it is just it is just clever yeah it is it is definitely very clever and it works really well in the context of the song and i think the album as a whole is as you mentioned is there's no filler uh which which, which i'm a fan always a fan of there's oh uh, there's a lot a lot of times hip-hop albums have like like they're very like top heavy like the top is good like the top half of the album is good but then it sort of like peters out but uh this is this is like a solid album through and through uh it's uh it's, it's like there's no filler and i enjoy like i enjoyed every track but obviously some of them are more enjoyable to me than the others uh, Christian, anything else you have to say? Um, I just want to talk about some of my favorite tracks on the album. So, Where This Flower Blooms, uh, See You Again, Pothole, Garden Shed, and Glitter are my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, Where This Flower Blooms, obviously, because Frank Ocean's the best, but I, I just love how it... Uh, it's like lush instrumentation that just kind of hops from from place to place right it's not like one consistent melody throughout the entire song which i really appreciate and i think they're interweaving together well and i think the the lyrics are are really great um see you again is a very great love song and kali uchis is a beautiful singer and anything with her on it i will always listen to and enjoy does she have like her own album or like i should go listen yeah she's she's um she's released her own albums before um, I'll, I'll drop a link to one of them in uh in the show notes she was also featured on this colombian artist he released a uh concept album a couple months ago juanes uh it was about like finding love in space or something like that i was listening through it it was also very good uh so pothole that jaden smith hook is actually really good like it worked really well and his flow on that is just wild yeah so i'm gonna skip garden shed that'll be the last one i talk about but also glitter the second verse in glitter i don't know the guitar and sort of like how it just plays out it's just like something you can really just vibe to you know mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely that very nice uh soft song uh it's it's, it's a very nice song yeah for sure uh it's, and you want to talk about uh garden shed garden shed we gotta i think i think we, we have to acknowledge it at least if we're going to talk about the album garden shed it's he doesn't explicitly say that he's coming out as gay or bi he no one really knows right if he's gay or bi he hasn't said it directly like at least frank ocean uh he references frank in it in the second verse um before channel orange came out frank had a tumblr post where he uh basically said that his first love of it was with a man and that he was bi and so that's why everyone's getting the notion especially because it's really really hinting at the fact that all the women he slept with was just to just to play around with and all that. So who knows? But I still think that it's still a really great track. Yeah, it's it's that that second verse is where like the lines like, you know, the, the, the allusions to the garden shed, uh uh guarding feelings, uh it'd be like the phrase uh poof, gone and stuff like that, right? So it's uh like bragging to his friends about about Stuff like yeah, so it's it's definitely he's hinting at it very heavily, and obviously people are talking about it. Uh, Tyler himself hasn't said anything about it, right? I don't think he has. Said. Yeah, no, I he had a he went on the Colbert show to promote the album, and at least checking like 
hip hop heads on Reddit and all that. No, nothing came out of that. I don't think Steven asked him any questions about it. And I don't think he said anything about it, but like, especially the, the line that was always like, um, a couple butterflies want to float, but I was always like, eh, barely interested. Just bragged to my boys. Like, bruh, like that's basically saying, right. That anyone that he was with any, any girls that he was with was essentially just like a play just so he could show off to um, his friends. Yeah, it's keeping up appearances uh, and whatnot, uh, obviously. Yeah, so there's there's a lot. Uh, I mean, this track is, is uh, I'm sure people are going to be talking about it for a while uh, until Tyler himself says anything. Who knows if he, if he will. Yeah, because especially to everyone's been like, because he's, he, he's a known troll, right? So people were like, maybe he's just playing us, but it just seems too sincere. And especially considering how all the other songs in this album are, right? Because like, there's no other... I yeah I don't think he's trolling at all. Yeah, like there's no there's no filler, right? So why would he? This would be a really bad joke, and I don't think it is. No, I, this like the whole like it would really not fit like the whole theme of the album, the the whole seriousness of the album, like the like sort of the themes presented in the album. Uh, I don't think any of them are jokes. Uh, I think I think he's he's being entirely serious here. Uh, just just a little being a little bit. Uh, didn't want to disclose everything uh, up front, but uh, we'll know. We'll know if he, maybe we'll know, maybe we won't. Uh, that's that's basically how it is. So yeah, that's that's Flower Boy. Uh, it's a great album. Uh, very yeah, very good. Uh, I ended up buying a the physicals of it, a CD. Um, just want to say there's two versions of the CDs out. There is one that's joined via the same color art that you can find in Spotify and Apple Music. That one you can find at Target, Walmart, and all those other ones. There's an alternative cover that has the actual word Scump Up Flower Boy on it, which you cannot find at Walmart and Target. You have to go to a local record store because uh, they don't... Or you can... Or on Amazon, yeah. Uh, I was going to say. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon has it. Uh, but uh, you buy that one because it uh, it's cooler art, in my opinion. And also, it don't do the Amazon. Support your local record store because that's always important. Sure, sure. Why not? Yeah. I, w- I wish I had a local record store. but You uh, you are yeah, in Toronto, friend. That is a lie and a half. I'll find you one right now. I mean, <laughs> local... Toronto's a big city. To, to go get to a record store, I have to probably take a trip to the west end or something uh and it takes a while for me to get there like an hour uh, and back so yeah it's 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 a bit of a like to get buy cds here it's either you go to like walmart or like you have to buy on amazon because cd stores are uh not a, not common here hmv is dead so uh hmv in canada is bankrupt so that's that's one thing yeah with that i think we're gonna end this week's uh podcast uh, you can always find us, uh, as always, on twoshadesofbrand.com. You can find me on Mastodon at staticsafe at mastodon.zomaclan.com. And Christian? I am at C-O-L-O-C-H-O at cyber.space. Cyber being spelt C-Y-B-R-E. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And with that, goodbye. Bye. You're walking home one day when you get a notification on your phone about a news article. This article talks about the culture and how after years of war, it's standing, but barely. Humanity has begun to move forward, rebuilding their lives. Legends say, though, there is a guide, a guide to help you navigate through the trash and find true gems. One day, when you come home, you find a disc in the post. Curious, you grab it. An hour or so later, after you find an old computer with an actual disc drive in it, 
you decide to put it in. Suddenly, a VM boots up. This is Cyberdeck, a bi-weekly podcast about the culture and the gold standards we should be jacked into. Only on Stipes Radio.